Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Joined in the studio by Fran King and also Elder Kenny, who, hey. who make up Fear of Folk. That's us. Now, just, 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 it's good to see you. I can't see you behind the screen there. You're like me, you know, you're, you're of a tiny minority. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lovely to see you guys. A little it's bit of historic here. Can I point out to people, by the way, we're all about it, so yes. we're safe enough. Uh, yes. not that, not that, I, think we're gotten, I think we're getting past that point. So I it's, been, so, it's yeah. been a difficult 19 months, not yeah. just for us here in radio, because this is the first, literally the first guest we've had in the studio in over 19 months, wow. but also for you guys as entertainers, as songwriters. Yeah. Fram, what's it been like? It must be like, you know, Michael Schumacher having his car taken off him. It is. It started off as the scariest thing in the world because we were, on paper, it was to be a really busy year between the various acts that we play, both Eleanor and I play and, you know, and guest in. You just things. remind people, of course, you're with the, the classic Beatles, you're with the bootleg Beach Boys, years, the bootleg and you had the uh, Paul McCartney, and, uh, which was tribute, called... Yeah, mm-hmm. all the best. That's yeah. still still yeah. up and going. We're hoping to get that on its feet pretty soon. Um, but yeah, we were kind of, all of a sudden, everything was sidelined and you were kind of that that's your whole diary for the rest of the year so you, you know you still have your outgoing your bills are not saying to you oh you can't pay us this month yeah bills so, don't get covid yeah so anyway it, it was it was scary in the sense of we had to like everybody get used to the first lockdown the initial one and then um it was a case of a lot of people in the arts were saying well I'll write that novel I never got to write and I was kind of I, I suppose I was scared to be honest with you to, to see what it would bring would it bring well, I mean, yeah. initially we thought it was going to be like a two weeks flat in the curve. Yeah. I had a funny feeling it was going to be longer, though. You, I, don't, I don't know whether you remember, Eleanor, Catherine Martin, the Minister for Entertainment. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. she turned around at one stage and made some really flippant remark the about you guys remarks, should retrain yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, we've heard that a lot. Uh, actually, yeah. Was that upsetting it to you? It was that? a little bit. You know, I mean, I have a few things going on. I have the McCartney, uh, the Linda McCartney job there. I'm a wedding singer, too. And, you know, there's so many people in the wedding industry, those, the bands, the singers, the ceremony singers, really let down by that. People in original music, uh, friends who are actors. You know, we were really devastated by that. All the theatre work and everything else. It was, mm. it was really tough going. But mm. uh, again, like Fran, I was excited in lockdown. There was something kind of ooh, yeah. you know. I did all. I think the, there was a novelty factor to lockdown initially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Joe Wicks workouts, all that stuff. Lost that ten pounds and like and put it on again in lockdown <laughs> oh, no, too. So it was yeah. kind of a. Rough. And it was a case of okay, I'll I'll live on three hundred and fifty quid a week. Well, yeah. as long as it's only going to be for a few weeks. And yeah. that's what everybody. That's the thing. The unknown was the scariest part of it. And mm-hmm. luckily for us, we had uh, as fear of folk, we had put a few things in the can just before lockdown. In other words, we'd recorded an EP that wasn't mixed yet, but at least it could be mixed at home. It was mixed in Dublin at, at the, uh, mm-hmm. the guy who produced at his studio. So we had stuff in the can ready to release. But of course, now the next challenge is we couldn't do this kind of thing. So you couldn't promote it. And promote it yeah, or you couldn't get up on, on a stage road, and sing it again. Or open for yeah. somebody or the usual kind of methods that were open to you were now shut. Yeah. So, but what ended up happening is to kind of summarise the last couple, the last 18 months is we just started writing like crazy and we have a huge backlog of songs. We did, but we didn't do a lot of the Facebook, um, we didn't do many Facebook lives or anything. There was a lot of that going on as well mm. and yeah. a lot of our you know, friends and colleagues and stuff. They, 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 there was a huge amount of that. Was I that a know. benefit to people? I mean, I did see a lot of DJs doing it and yeah. bands doing it. I think it was for sanity. I don't know whether it was kind of you were playing to a captive audience or whether I think initially maybe a lot of people started to tune in. But then you started getting everybody who was in the arts, which, you know, which is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Get out there and ply your wares. 
but unfortunately, I think you know people start to find other things to do. Netflix now, Facebook clamped down on it as well. By the way, yeah. I mean, there was a time, and I know a few guys that I knew who were DJs. Oh, about the live thing, yeah. Okay, so they were they were doing their mix and live, and it was grand for a few months, and then Facebook suddenly clamped down on copyright. Yeah. And and stop them all from doing it, which was a bit yeah. of a pity, to be honest there with you. There was a surge in lockdown yeah. one again, but and 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 I think some of the the more dedicated kept kept at it because it was the rent. It was the, they needed it for the rent. Like I'm mm. I, I'm lucky to own a place, but I you know they were really struggling. They had to do it, and it kept them going. It kept them, and they had some support there, and it was it was good. But it you got towards, a bit of false hope, the I end, suppose. At towards Christmas, the end, it got a bit. Me. They got everyone got a bit tired of it, especially with that. Uh, that minister announced that, that kind of remark. It was just yeah, yeah. It was bad yeah. taste. And, and I suppose there was a bit of hope then last Christmas when, yeah. you know, there was a reopening just before Christmas. She said, okay, everybody was thinking, even here at the radio station, because our advertising revenue obviously plummeted yeah, yeah. by probably 80%. We kind of thought, okay, well, at least we might get a good January or February out of exactly, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then the same thing happened again. We're back to square one again. Well, this is it. It was, it was the unforeseen. And, and as you know, in the music business and DJ business, everything is, is booked months in advance. So what we've had is wedding couples moving with us two and three times. There's one couple have moved their wedding till 2024 and we've been with them since 2020. Like, that's a long time. Will they even be together? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Will they fall <laughs> out of love Come on. before that happens? That's, and that's the really sad stuff, stuff that doesn't get maybe as much attention as it did is the heartache it caused an awful lot of couples mm. who were planning their big day, which yeah. is now their little day. Because then I think at one stage it was five people yeah, at a wedding was it? I think it was down to about five. Was it? I can't. It was a ridiculous. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was six. I think it was six people six at a people, wedding. Yeah, and that's, I think that was inclusive of musicians and stuff. Well, so well, that, was, <laughs> that was including the bride, the groom, yeah. the priest, yeah. and yeah. the so two the mothers and fathers. This you know? <laughs> is crazy, though. It was a crazy time. And of course, it must have been upsetting then when you're hearing Tony Holohan saying every now and again, you know, you can you can have a few people, but there's no singing and yeah. dancing. It's a little yeah. up in the uh, air still. We all have to kind of we're all kind of gripping to the table, hoping yeah. things are happening and things are still getting moved and put put forward. Of course, yeah. Nothing is quite, it's, it, it's all go green lights, but nothing is really... So the green light was last yet. Monday, yeah. essentially, yeah. without a limited capacity Like traffic, well. it takes a while for everyone to get into gear and get moving again. You know, that's just the nature of the business. So they've extended the PUP payments till 2022, which so I heard, is probably yeah, yeah. going to be yeah. February 2022, Yeah, I would imagine. Um, I'd say at the earliest, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that's fair because, yeah. they, like yourselves, you know, venues are going to have limited capacity. So yeah. some people are not going to be rehired yet, you know, staff, etc. There's going to be limited capacity. So every Everybody in the industries and all those industries directly affected won't get rehired maybe till January or February. Because, of course, you're right. You can't just suddenly start gigging on Monday. No. You have to have a you know a five or six week build up to it or lead yeah, up to it. Market and venues as well have to sell the tickets. They have to make money at this yeah. limited capacity, so they have to. There they has make... to be a lead in. Well, I don't know at the at the current. I think after October when they go to full capacity again, I think it, mm. it's good to go. But I don't. And what's see... your own personal feeling on it when you see other countries mm. around Europe? Like at the, full... UK, the demographic well, the that UK. you're playing for, they need to have the confidence to go out. That's yeah. the, that's the issue we're we're discussing. Like we know that. You know, things are opening up again. Yeah. But, you know, the age group of people, they need to feel safe. And that's the big question, do they? But should, well, yeah. isn't this the whole thing? We've spent God knows how much money, you know, uh, telling people how dangerous COVID-19 was. Yeah. And, and thankfully, we're at a point now, you know, where so many people are vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera, and all the different reasons why it's not as dangerous as it was. And mo- most likely by the end of the year, it'll be an epidemic rather than a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so should we be spending equal amounts of money now telling people, come on, let's get back out there. Let's go yeah. to restaurants. Yeah. Let's go to a gig. You know, and Absolutely. telling people it's safety. The public announcements that we run here all day on Classic Hits for the HSE and for the government, should we have more public announcements now yeah. paid for by the state I think so, telling people it's safe? I think as Eleanor was touching on there, I think um, 
It's for a certain demographic. I mean, 20-year-olds upwards are bulletproof. They're, they're going to go to a festival, a gig, like a light. And, and rightly so, they should. But older demographic people are going to be a bit tentative to go out to shows and theatres because it's close proximity again. And we've been hearing so much of stay apart, stay distant. So I guess after October, the challenge is re-educating people that it's going to be okay to get back out there. Well, I, was, I was talking to Luanne there during the week, Luanne Parler, yeah. and she was telling me that even with the theatre gigs at the moment, it's too restrictive. She said, you're not allowed to go to the toilet during the performance. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed. There's no, ba no bars open. You can't dance. They can't Yeah, there's yeah. a risk for singing and all that mm -hmm. kind of carry on. Oh, okay. She said, and also, it's just limited capacity. And she said, it really isn't yeah. worth it at the moment. I don't know how limited capacity c can make the overheads for the venue to make money, whatever about the artists, but... You know, well, uh, the venue makes money probably off the final 20% of people that are in the place. Well, you know yourself, uh, venues make money by bums on seats. Yeah. And the more bums on seats, the bigger the bigger profit margin. And they have to pay their costs and mm -hmm. the bands and whatever, other yeah. co advertising costs and stuff like that. So I don't know how it works at, at such a small capacity because the overheads are still the same, really. Yeah. You know, for hiring in the act, especially if it's an American touring actor or UK or whatever. Do you imagine it's, the big artists? Like, yeah. I, I don't know, Eleanor, you know the the big kind of artists, the big touring artists, yeah. the U2s yeah. of this world. Do you imagine they were badly hit? Now, I know they've plenty of money, etc. Yeah, but I think do, they were. Do you think they I were think badly so, hit? I think so, yeah, because music doesn't sell anymore. You can't, like, vinyl, it's getting kind of fashionable and it's kind of cool and it's great to see, but really, you know... But not, you get, obviously not on the scale, out, it would have been 20 years ago. Download it on yeah. Apple, download it yeah. on Spotify. They have to tour. And those big bands have to tour. They've, they're have they employing about, God, how many hundreds of people? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, they need to sell tickets. Um I mean, how do you, how do artists? When you, I mean, that's something we probably don't talk about enough. Yeah, you know, comparison to the, the days of the Beatles and Queen and Pink Floyd and all these other great sales. artists that we're mm, going yeah. to be talking about. Record sales was the big yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, they sold millions of records, so they made quite a substantial amount of money in royalties and record yeah. sales, and and the record companies made a lot of money too, and the of distributors, etc. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, that's gone. Because people yeah. don't even buy CDs anymore. Well, you need two billion streams to make like 20 quid. You know? The old and guys are back on again, aren't they? It's, it's ridiculous. That's why you're saying, I mean, we were only listening to, on, on the way in, we heard um, Joe Jackson on the radio. Classic. Okay. He was supposed to play the Olympia, I think, last year. Yeah, Trying great, to great next artist. Year yeah. instead. Didn't know he was like, still going, by the way. <laughs> but he's going because he needs he to, to earn a revenue. Like, yeah. Record sales, and he would have been a million seller at the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm coming out. What was the song? Different for um, girls and different for girls. All that yeah, stuff. what a great song. Uh, yeah. We're listening. And I was actually only on the radio on the way, and I was thinking, I, we're, I was actually trying to guess, was that 1982? Turns out it was 82. I'm trying to think of a song that's coming. He had like three years of big hits. Is she really going out with him? Is she really going? Yeah, yeah. It was three in a row, kind of three golden years for him. But like. You can, you and is he not, but is he not still getting royalties from that music around the world? Well, it depends if it's on the radio. You'll get a, you know, and yeah. you know that's considered. Well, I suppose a, the next classic radio station. Yeah, yeah, so to make actual revenue, bands have to play and tour. And I mean, there's, there's a reason why all these '60s bands are coming back together yeah. again to go Elton out Elton John used to have flowers, fresh flowers delivered to every mansion he owns. I don't think he's doing that anymore. I reckon. I mean, they all have to tour. All those yeah. guys, the, the albums that you know. And they have to they have to keep the lifestyle they're accustomed exactly, to, yeah. Yeah. to of course as well. So when you when you when you release a song, yeah. uh, like your your more recent one, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, will you make money out of that on Spotify? No, no, no. Unless we get the Imro statements are hilarious. They have things. Oh, they are. They're like, we so would you get a check from Imro every now and again, a check for fifty <laughs> pence or something like that? But it's like, well, we don't, you know, you don't do it for that. Well, you do ultimately, but you do. Oh, we played it, it once, so you might get something yeah. out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, actually, I think I played it twice that night. In the old days, <laughs> in the old days, with a single campaign, and you were going from radio station to radio station, and you were opening for an act. You would you at least maybe break even, or you'd make some money back that it cost you to record. But nowadays. It's it's a, we're in a different kettle of fish. It's and backwards. Now, the music 
promotes your tour. It's the yeah, other way around. It's like thing. the calling card now. It's, yeah. it's the other way around, you know. And, and I, I, I mean, when it comes to Irish radio, yeah, you know, and we're all guilty of it here at radio yeah, stations. Yeah. They pick the popular songs yeah. that people yeah. want to Their hear. Their hands are really yes. tight. It's, it's like I suppose yeah. when Jeff Lynne plays in, in the Three Arena. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear the new shit. No. Everyone just wants to hear <laughs> the yellow songs. Or the yeah, support yeah. act, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> nobody wants, nobody the wants to. Well, your good friend, of course, was support the last time he was over, Scott. Uh, with, the oh, sho- yeah. with the shoes, wasn't it? Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. He opened for them. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But I mean, nobody wants to hear that stuff. So people just want to hear the popular songs. So, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. So is it difficult for bands like you to get the airplay, particularly in RTE, for example? Yeah, it is. But, you know, I suppose the the... the, the the rule of thumb should be the quality of the work should should speak for itself, mm-hmm. you know, in, in theory. But like that, again, it helps to know a few people. It helps to have been on the circuit for a little while and had a relationship with DJs in various stations to be able to go and promote your record in the usual channels. But throw into the mix COVID on top of that and on top of the advent of streaming. I think the guy we read about him the other day, the guy who owns um, Spotify's worth about 20 billion and he's never made a record in his life. No. You know. And knows nothing about music and, and doesn't care. Of, it's the likes of why Pete Townsend and all these people are wearing their head going, what the hell? Like, we need to well, re- negotiate in, But initially, didn't a lot of artists refuse to go on Spotify? Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a thing where Taylor Swift went off it for a couple of years back in 2014. There was a kind of resistance to it initially, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but I mean, your hands But I remember tied. the same resistance to MP3s when the they Beatles came out The Beatles did the same. The Beatles wouldn't have their catalogue on Apple on Apple, ironically, being and Apple being their label back in the day. But there was an unsettled, unresolved issue with Apple for years. The two Apples, as in the Beatles Apple and Apple Music. And the Beatles would refuse to put their whole catalogue in there. So the only way you could get it was CD or vinyl. Back what was in, the first, tapes. You, historical question for you, what was the first album that, or the first artist to be available on download? On download? Yeah, it oh, released his album know. on download before anywhere else. I haven't a clue. Was it Michael Jackson? No, it was David Bowie, I think. Oh, oh really? Yeah, was, oh, at the yeah. time it would have been just MP3s. So that either he was available yeah, yeah. on his web, he had a website, and he, oh, he was always very uh, at the kind of crest mm. of all that stuff, wasn't he? Like um, selling yeah. virtual albums. Napster like was that. the big thing. Do you remember that's Napster? It, yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. Well, wasn't yeah. that illegal? It was illegal, stage, but yeah. yeah, but the guy that developed Napster then went in with Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. he was—I think he got into trouble over it, some criminal charges over it. But in the, the end, he was never. And then it got legalized. There was a legalized version. Well, he of sold it. Happened. I think he yeah. sold it, and I think that's—but that was the start of Spotify, probably. And that was the—that was and the start iTunes. of streaming as well, whether it was illegal or or, or it was like where you had to go for torrents and stuff like that. Yeah. And now, like it's all. But you're, uh, the, the famous story when um, Steve Jobs went to mm. um, Richard Branson when he had the Virgin Megastores and asked him would it be interesting getting involved in a new business called iTunes which would be where people can download music and Richard Branson says, don't be so stupid, no one's ever going to want to do that. Yeah. And she regrets that decision. <laughs> I'd say so. I it's, think the young kids now, though, I mean, we were in Tower Records last week and vinyl has just taken I know. massive. It's blown I was up in gold, it's I was in Golden Discs the other day. There's more vinyl than there is CD and DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the artwork There's two again. full racks of it. It's the strangest time in music. Because well, I, I suppose they don't have a choice because CDs, yeah. nobody's buying them really anymore no. because of Spotify and what have you. Yeah. And then the, the DVDs, nobody's buying them. Everybody watches movies mm-hmm. on download now. Yeah. So I think that market is gone from the gaming market has moved online as well. Yeah. Nobody's really buying physical games yeah. anymore. No, so the new PlayStation. Son, he downloads them all. On download, the, yeah, yeah, they don't, some of them the don't even store. have a CD ROM yeah. drive in them. So you, yeah. you don't, you just download the bloody things. So I think the physicality's gone out of that business. So I think vinyl is their only like option, you, isn't and it? And you would think, I remember yeah. when this stuff was getting mooted in the late 90s when bands were kind of being told about the digital age coming in and, you know, CDs being surpassed. And we were thinking, oh, no, it's only the heyday of CD now. Yeah. But there were, people were always CDs looking at the saying, CDs are going to go. They didn't last. 
last long. And it didn't last long. But the thing we were thinking is, well, if it goes to downloads, it's going to level the playing field for the artist who's at home in his bedroom. He can just stream the stuff. Didn't quite work out like that because no. there's still the big boys at the top yeah. that control the PR. Well, I, I, what, I, what I've noticed from my day as a DJ, when I used to play music, you know, in the nightclubs, yeah. there was always your top songs, your floor fillers, right? Yeah. But that's kind of gone now because I think because there's so much music out there and there's so much available on Spotify, music has just become diluted. Do, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, absolutely. The good songs are not getting to shine the way they used yeah. to because they're just, there's so much out there. And it's funny you should say that. I did a gig years ago with George Martin, uh, two two gigs when he retired and then he came over for a special Joyce Award in, in UCD and he gave a lecture, you know, about the state of the art, state of music industry today. And some of the kids asked him about the advent of Apple Music and all that. What does he think of that, you know, mm. the modern music? Because he'd retired at this stage and he was kind of thinking long and hard and he said, uh, I'm against it. He said, you know what? He said, it, it cheapens music to have it on your phone, on your watch. The, it used to be a thing, a beautiful thing when you went and bought a vinyl record. Doing you it. looked at the sleeve notes I used to, on, on And you're excited home. getting home with it in your bag. And there you were. It was, it was like, almost like a religious experience to go and listen to your favourite mm-hmm. Can you remember Can you remember Now it's on that? a ringtone. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's on television. But the goal as, an, as artists like Fear mm. Folk, our dream, we're not, we're belong the tooth for it to be rich and famous and pop mm. stars, but it would be just the ultimate dream to be, you know, featured on a Netflix show, on, you know, the credits out or yeah. some sort of, you know, Amazon sort, movie yeah. or something. That would be just unbelievable. That's that, kind of, that's that gets you out there, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That, that's because it gets you know around the world. Because look, be, yeah. there was always that thing, and I don't know whether it's still a thing, that if you break America or if you get a hit in America, you're yeah. made. And mm. I don't know, is that still a thing? Yeah. I don't think so. I think with where the, where the money is now is placements, either in advertisement or in television. Right, Netflix okay. or mm. Amazon or one of those shows. If you're featured in that, like we've done it ourselves at home where you hear an interesting song and you immediately Shazam it yeah. on the show going, yeah. that's amazing, who's that artist? And you wouldn't have heard of them only for that TV show. And yeah, then yeah. the artist so goes on tour then. On yeah. the back of that, they, they get a great tour out of it as well. And yeah. They're really underground And then they get too. a deal out or yeah. else they've had a deal, but it shines a light on it. Now they're able to stream and maybe get something somewhere down the line you know All right, well, look we're going to get you to play a few songs while you're here tonight yes. tunes excited and you have that. your guitars with you I have it here yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what are you going to do first well I know you're going to do a song as well that we're very lucky we've been exclusive tonight you haven't even <laughs> recorded yet is, that, is this going to get guessing him? would it be a huge insult by the way yeah. this is just a personal mm-hmm. request Anna, and I do apologise no. I know what you're going to ask yeah before you go tonight <laughs> yeah if you would sing maybe a Beatles song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. knew it. Yeah. All right, okay. He has, but, to, he has uh, to do the accents on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I might get to do yesterday or something before you go later on. Sure, yeah. Okay, but okay, so what's, this is Sphere. And, uh, and by the way, the artists are Sphere of Folk and it's Eleanor and Fran. Yeah. And uh, by the way, you have a Facebook page that people can go to. We'll plug all that. Page. We'll put a link up actually in our Twitter account. Ashley will do right, that. Oh, yeah. We're on Instagram. All the, all See, the she's on the ball ones. already. Look at her. She's doing Ooh, it as we talk. Thanks, she's actually, actually ahead of us. Uh, I'll put a link up on our Facebook page and on our Twitter account if you want to go there and have a look. So what are we going to do first? We're going to do something new. Uh, like we're talking about the uh, the year we've had of writing and demoing. <clears throat> we've had, we have an EP called uh, Notes on Love that we've been releasing one song at a time because in the pandemic, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't pay to put the record out and then it has to represent you for the next three years. So we've been kind of slowly drip feeding song by song. For the concentration span of uh, yeah, and for, yeah, yeah, for the modern <laughs> concentration span. Yeah. But we've been writing away uh, in a different flavour. We've been kind of listening to a lot of, um, and looking back as well, listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac and stuff lately. And mm. Well, I can't blame you for that in fairness. Yeah. So it's, it's had an influence. This one is definitely flavoured kind of with um, 
kind of a, a, an early Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Or should I say, well, not to say early, I mean with uh, Lindsay Buckingham period. And, All right, okay. You know, so... Uh, okay. This is called um, We Say What's On Our Mind. I'm just trying to remember how we play it now. Yeah, have you forgotten the song? <laughs> you call when it's late at night Too late to put up a fight And I cannot commit to saying I was right I just end up swallowing my pride Just say what's on your mind No time for a rewind Life's hard enough, we know For the punches that we throw Looking for just a little peace We live and learn There's a point of no return We may crash or We may burn So say what's on your mind No time to be unkind Life's hard enough we know For the punches that we throw To be unkind Life's hard enough we know For the punches that we throw We say what's on our mind No time for a rewind Life's hard enough we know For the punches that we throw It's as much like one of those late night bars, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember being in one of those bars many, many years ago. There was some guy in the corner, like Murph and the Murph Tones, oh, yeah. playing the keyboard and a girl singing. And uh, there was, I think, there was only one person in the bar at the back, and all you could do was, a, and then at the end of the song, he go, "We'll be right back." <laughs> a little golf club that's called again that's called we say what's on our mind and that probably won't be we haven't even recorded that one yet okay so it's not even available so you can't no, you can't go and find it anywhere it's, it's going to bootleg version band. right now so yeah, this is it. you know what I love I love yeah. the harm I've always loved your harmonies Fran but of course oh, you. you hooked up with Eleanor and I, I think you sound perfect together oh, your, your voice is just warm to each other yeah Eleanor like the first time I heard her voice that was it I was just like oh my You're god you in love yeah as well as anybody else and, and as a person who harmonised for years in bands mm. it's so easy to harmonise with her because it's, she's got such a warm voice you can kind of blend in really easy it's not easy to blend vocals and no. I know from being in Beach Boys bands and Beatles bands if you don't have the right mix 
Yeah. It, it does stick out like a sore Does it thumb. help that yeah, I mean I don't want to be personal, okay? But does it help that you're in a relationship together? Does that does that make it more difficult or does it make it easier? Interesting question. What do you think? It, you know what it depends on the gig. Sometimes, yeah, I think when it comes to writing... Like, do you ever have stuff, a Barney just before a oh gig? Oh, God, all the time. <laughs> oh, Especially yeah. the church gigs. Just you know, before we come in here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, we're actually pretty good today, but definitely before some of the... more there's a, When there's a little bit of pressure going on, we kind of... You get stressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, of stress. course, yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a natural thing. And, and uh, But, I mean, if you're singing a song like mm. uh, Surrender Dorothy, which we played here, okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can hear... If I didn't know you were in a relationship... Yeah. I think I know you were in a relationship. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, do you understand what I, is yes. that stupid yeah, yeah. to say? But you, no, because, I don't think so. Because the, I think you care about each other in your voices. Yeah, there's a sympathy. There's a, and I think there's an empathy in the arrangements as well because yeah. um, obviously with Ele- Eleanor's tone as well and, and we have a very similar kind of timbre as in yeah. we have a kind of a like warm kind of sound to our voices. It's not a kind of a shrill thing. So I think it, it, it evokes that kind of sentiment. If it's a, a sentimental song, that one wasn't really, that one's about kind of like, let's just be straight with each other. It's one of those songs. That yeah. That's not... Nobody yeah, I'm, I'm just concerned, Eleanor, because he's such a Beatles fan that he go around looking for an Eleanor or, <laughs> Eleanor, or, a, yeah. or a Michelle. That's it. Yeah, you, you went out with a Michelle as well. Pretty did, you, you did not, did, did you? you? <laughs> did. That is true. Any, uh, any other Beatles Beatle get guard names, is there? Eleanor, Michelle, who else is there? No, I have a son called, a son called Lennon and a daughter called Lucy. So, uh, oh, uh, right. It's a bit there crazy. You know, the Beatles have We're permeated our lives. Will you a Beatles fan as well? No, I hate the Beatles. I'm really joking. <laughs> Absolutely love them, yeah. yeah. But nobody has a range like him. I, I mean, we have a similar blend, but I, I wish I had his falsetto. It's very because I have envious. heard Fran. I don't talk about him in the third party. Mr. <laughs> Jenny's not here for a few minutes, all right? Yeah. But I have known Fran, as you know, for the last twenty years, yeah. and he's been on my radio shows, depending on where we've been, and many mm. different shows. By the way, he's been uh, in warehouses where Followed we've had, around. yeah, yeah, we've yeah. had all sorts of different radios, popular radio stations, caves. and warehouses, and caves, <laughs> airports, everything, <laughs> airports, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. So we've done, we've done everything, and I have to say listening to all the different things between the classic Beatles the bootleg Beatles mm-hmm. and, uh, and the range of his voice is mm-hmm. just incredible so is that difficult for you then to because I know you, you yourself have a great range because no, being I, a wedding singer is difficult enough it as is, well it has its, no we just I mean he's just one of probably my favourite male singer and he really is oh. he's incredible he's, he's well admired within the industry oh, I've got to show up now he so can, no, no. <laughs> I've, uh, my favourite female singer would be Sharon Gaynor in the industry she's, uh, she's yeah. phenomenal she's great um, I, I sing Outs- with her outside of Fran you yeah. know worldwide who would be your favourite vocalist male vocalist. male vocalist male vocalist oh, god that's not on the spot or anything. No, no. But I mean, when I think of male vocalist, I God, favorite male. Actually, I love Cat Stevens. I yeah. think he's great. Um, Absolutely, yeah, lovely. I love Bob Dylan, but I know he's tone deaf. But I still, he would be uh, yeah, more see, of my Bob favorite Dylan, vocalist. He's not everybody's cup of tea. Is no, he? No. It's, it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Really, no. Yeah. John Lennon as well. Like he's, you can't. I know we're we're talking Paul McCartney here, but like, you is, can't he, is he finished anything. McCartney? What do you reckon? Is he done? <sighs> Did you, you know, see the this is a, this It's a bit embarrassing. We were talking at this stage, about this the other night. Uh, Eleanor, Eleanor was actually moved to tears watching the the new um, thing with Rick Rubin, the three two one thing. I didn't see it. It's on. I think it's on Disney Plus. It's on but Disney it's Plus, yeah. it's it's a beautiful thing because it's shot in in stark black and white. He's in a studio with an old-fashioned desk and Rick Rubin is basically putting on the master tapes or whatever he chooses and he'll play it and he'll say to McCartney, what do you think of when you hear this? 
And he'll solo things. Like, you can hear the bass lines on the wrong boom, boom. And he goes, like, what are you playing there? Are you playing with a pick? And he goes, I think I was playing with a pick on those. And then he's like, mm. who's playing keyboards on this? Oh, that's me, you know. He's able mm. to remember these. And there's lovely like, anecdotal memories. But when he's talking, you can hear his speaking. His voice is gone. He's quite shredded. Talk now, he can you. still, he plays and sings a little bit live as well on it. He does, I think he does a little bit of Lady Madonna and he explains mm-hmm. how he wrote songs on piano. So his falsetto is lovely. It's his mid-range. It's that, lo- and it's the thing that breaks it's your heart. Same, you know what broke my heart? You know, I was a big Simon and Garfunkel fan as well. Yeah. And Paul Simon, or Art Garfunkel, should I say. Yeah, but he, he came could, back. He, he, had a, he had surgery on his vocal cords. Yeah, yeah that's right. But he got his an infection. falsetto's back. Oh, was it? Because yeah. I know he went on tour and he had to change the songs. The way he sang them, yeah. The way he sang them because he just couldn't reach the notes anymore because it was a great, which was the when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was oh, 2011. Yeah. And that. that was astonishing. I watched that and I played it once or twice here in the air with the girls, but they don't appreciate it because they're too young. But I've, I've watched it and I say, how can that sound like it did 50 years ago? Yeah. And these guys are old enough to be your grandfather. They're in yeah. their 70s. Mm. And it still sounded amazing. But of course, yeah. he got the throat infection then uh, or whatever yeah, it was. It really, and they thought it wasn't going to recover. But apparently, I have it on good, on good uh, talk that it was definitely it has come the, back uh, since. Do you reckon they're going to tour again? I don't think so. No. They're, they're kind I of friends and not friends. And he's friends more or less said, hasn't he? Uh, Paul Simon. Said I saw him in concert a few again. years ago. It was... It was Art Garfunkel, they needed to be together. It. it was kind of a bit boring, to be honest. Art Garfunkel yeah. would do it at the jump van. He said it on several occasions. I'd do it at the flick of the fingers, but Paul Simon doesn't want to do it anymore. He's yeah, he seems to be an odd character, all right, doesn't he? Strange yeah. man, but yeah, yeah. It's such a great song. We argue about the Graceland album. I think it's fantastic. It's, oh, yeah. it, just, it is, isn't it? I love it. Lady, Lady Smith, Black Mombasa, wasn't it? Diamonds on the Soles of You see, I'm not a fan of that record, but I'm a fan of... But the end again, that was the know. band they played with. It was Lady yeah, they were yeah. Black, Black Mombasa. Mombasa yeah. yeah, it was. A, it, but it was a. It was a turnaround for his career to kind of do that album at the time. And it yeah, was, it, was it was a great change. Weird. Yeah, he yeah. moved to the world section of the record shop. He was like, yeah. oh, I've yeah. and that's probably yeah. where he lost me. I I love his feet in folk, in American folk. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know, sixties influenced folk. I what love, were they I called? Tom and Jerry, them. wasn't it? Before they were called. Uh, yeah. Before yeah. they were called Simon Eggerford. Really? Yeah. They were called Tom and Jerry. That just didn't work out because people said it was a cartoon. Song, it's <laughs> like, you know, uh, the only living boy in New York. Tom, get your plane right on time. He refers to him as Tom. Oh, okay. You know, and it's... Uh, All right, and a lot that. of people have said that they believe Simon and Garfunkel were, in fact, Simon and Garfunkel, if you know what I mean. They were in a, they were in a relationship, apparently, if you're to believe some writers. Did they ever get married, written. either of them? Uh, yeah, several times. It wasn't okay. married he to Carrie Fisher. He, yeah, he was married a couple of times. Okay, because I, I don't know much Paul about Simon their personal life. So, but they, what, they believe they may have been in a relationship themselves. It was, yeah, it was mooted in a book a couple of years ago. I, I don't know. At a time, of course, where that wouldn't have been cool, I suppose, in those days. Well, it certainly, it certainly was kept from the public if yeah. that was the case well, it wouldn't, I, have, no, been, again, it wouldn't have been know. good for, I've heard particularly in America I suppose in the mm. southern states it wouldn't have been good yeah. for their career at the time yeah. unfortunately yeah. it would be career suicide yeah. well, even in the most liberal parts you yeah. know the yeah. east they still wouldn't it would be very yeah. much yeah, yeah. I mean obviously yeah. thanks to the things to change now but yeah. certainly at that time yeah. it wouldn't have been the best thing to do alright we're going to go into a break before we go into a break do you want to play another song sure we'll play you uh, a song that we're going to release um, I don't know before before the end of the year anyway and uh, I know, I know, she's, she's signaling to me to move the capo. It's capo seven for this. Hi ho! What's capo? What's capo seven? What's that? It's just oh. a really high key. Oh, I, oh, oh she, she feels like she's able for it tonight. I think so. It's like. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to help you along? Do you want me yes. to join in with you? You do the harmony. When I demoed a few of these songs <laughs> to, for Elle, to play to Elle, she's like, 
Yeah, that's lovely and all, but um, can you put a capo like six six placings <laughs> up? So that's the like, thing you have on your guitar is called a capo. That changes the tone. Eh? That's yeah. standard tuning. So now we're, we're, we're up by seven seven it's steps. It's changing the key now. That's all. It's, uh, it's drastically changing the key. Right. Sounds like a mandolin, you know? Yeah. I oh, I like okay. It's nice. This is a song called And It's About True Love. It's called True. It's the mushiest one you'll ever hear. <laughs> And somebody just texted in by the way and says, can you tell the guys that everybody on the 77A is listening to them and enjoying them sing, oh, I drive oh, around oh. Dublin. He's obviously a bus driver. Oh. So he's playing on the 77A. It's oh, good to know, man. Fran, isn't it, that you're popular on the 77A? Oh, that is nice. Yeah, but that, that is the kind of song when you said about songs that appear in Netflix movies or whatever. Yeah. That's the kind of song I expect to hear, you know, you would hear, I suppose, in some sort of love story Indie movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's really beautiful. And on the recording, there's only, there's only I think there's guitar and there's a violin 
playing a single violin. You know, these kind of slopey, lovely kind of yeah. little sexy moves in there. Yeah, so, so actually, he says that now the two lads take this, this kind of gender neutral. Yeah, so okay. like, now the, the two lads. The lads yeah. <laughs> it's weird actually the way everybody is called, but the same in here actually, we call mm. all the girls lads. Yeah, uh, yeah. The guys, the two lads are absolutely amazing. Oh. I'm sitting out in front of the fire pit. The music has made my night. Oh. Uh, they complement each other so well and their music is absolutely beautiful. It's been a long time since a song uh, has made the hair on my arms stand up. I could listen to them all day. Wow, that's lovely. That's, that's a nice compliment, that's isn't it? incredible. Thank you so much. That's yeah, yeah. the really sweetest thing. Mm. I mean, there's some lovely messages coming in here, by the way. Uh, the number is 87 That's 87 Is a text here as well. Really enjoying this chat with Niall Fran and Eleanor. Big fan of Fran's old band, Beach. Oh, wow. Uh, from Carl in Dublin. That's mad. Oh, I think, yeah. Hey, Beach. Carl. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the band that... Um, the couple of the, the the four of us from the original Quarrymen, as we were in the early days, yeah. in the nineties, in the, the mid nineties, we kind of morphed into an original band because we originally set out our stall to be an original band, but we figured there's no money to be made in original music. People so want to hear the, the stuff they like, thing. yeah. But the covers band that we were were also an ori- we were doing that. The idea was we'll fund ourselves, you know. Yeah. So uh, that was that was <laughs> never going to happen. Singles. Here's well, a we, song we wrote ourselves. Eh? We became we got the uh, we got we went to P- Paris in '97 and we we were crowned the best unsigned band in Europe out mm. of 600 bands from all over Europe so that was about the best we, and on the on the back of that I think, I think the America. best compliments you probably ever got was from George Martin wasn't it when you were with the classic yeah, that yeah. was one of the best compliments you ever yeah, had yeah it really had. was Yeah, yeah. And I remember actually you telling me a story I know you can't talk about it too much but the yeah. famous story when you played for the Queen Yes, at a private party, and that was because of George Martin too. His recommendation to uh, okay, so which was did you, you've heard this story? Obviously, I have indeed. It's a it's. I don't know how much you know, he, he's allowed to tell us, but okay. So it was yeah. a, what birthday was it? It was a, an anniversary corona- for her corona- the Queen's coronation. So what year was that? Uh, Two thousand and four, I believe. Okay, so you were asked, and this was yeah. uh, an agency who booked yeah. VIP bands. It, it was uh, Lady Sarah, who was the, I think the Queen's first cousin or cousin she has a, a huge uh, PR firm in the UK so you didn't know where you were going we didn't know well, well first of all it was, she was told that they wanted specifically a Beatles band so of course who did they turn to only George Martin and yeah. he'd only worked with us in, who in was Dublin the Beatles manager at the one stage Beatles, yeah. Beatles uh, producer producer sorry. he said uh, oh there's these chaps from Ireland they're really good you know and uh, we got the phone call but we were told on a need to know basis in other words MI5 were ringing our homes and checking our phone records and getting onto our parents and we're like what's all this about it must be important it must be a politician we were thinking so we flew to the UK so you had MI5 yeah checking like, you out checking out our phone record ringing my mum going I believe you called Saudi Arabia in 1978 because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my sister was going out with a chap who lived in Saudi Arabia so it was all that stuff was yeah. dug up so anyway we went over to London on a need to know basis of the, who the client was so we were pulling up in a limousine because a limousine collected us at the airport to the Ritz Hotel in London and there was cordons of police everywhere and Look, we'd heard you weren't going out with me at the time <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about we were talking Mar- um, Madonna was in town and she would think she was doing some big PR launch we thought that's must be for that that's for Madge we're playing for Madge tonight so we were walking through this kind of add-on part of the back of the Ritz Hotel like a kind of marquee thing and it was ultra posh. And the maitre d' guy was a French guy and he was walking us around. He goes, you see what we have done for Her Majesty? And we were like, mm. uh, roll back the sentence there. A majesty? Maj- Which majesty? majesty? Yeah. And we're thinking, oh, he's going to say Madonna or, you know, the, the, the Queen of Denmark or somebody. He goes, uh, Queen Elizabeth's here tonight. And we're like, what? 
<laughs> She's the client. Oh my god! So that's literally it was her birthday. So the funny well, it was part, an anniversary of a okay. So this so we was something that we would never ever get to see. So she was yeah. be, being herself. Yeah, and so not she wearing was dancing. Any, uh, yeah, she danced for the entire because the what floor. we did when we heard that we huddled together and we googled. And we found out the exact set that the Beatles played at the Royal Command performance, which apparently she loved in 1964. And we did the exact set and she danced for the entire thing. Her and and she even, yeah. she gave you a nod. She, so she you, you had the Beatles gear on, you had a wig away, on you. Yeah. And she said to you, what was it? Love the wig. Yeah, it? it was. And we had to do the lineup at the end, like the Beatles do, you know, like in those films. <laughs> and Prince Philip stopped in front of us and he said to Scott, who's playing John Lennon, he said like... Uh, uh, are you from? Uh, I believe you're from Belfast, are you? And he, and he said, "No, we're from we're from Ireland. We're from Dublin." And he goes, "Oh, the Republic." He says, uh, "You were very good. You just made a terrible racket." <laughs> <laughs> and without missing a beat, Scott says, "It wasn't me. It was him." Yeah. Well, was what weird. an experience! And one I probably, ah, it was just you'll never strange. sadly get to probably do again. By the way, just on our Twitter account as well, I just popped a photograph of the two years up there, yeah. and somebody says, uh, "Listening here in Australia, loving the show oh, and well. loving Fear of Folk." Oh, uh, yeah. Beautiful song. That's Aww, beautiful. That's, that's so sweet. It's ama- it's it's incredible how you uh, you advertise something and you put you put it on the uh, in social media and all of a sudden uh, yeah. people it's tuning in from all over the world. That's an amazing thing. All right, well let's take Hello a break. Oz. We're going. We're going to go. Hello Australia. I sound a good Australian accent, isn't it? Ah, that'll pass. Yeah, oh, the Barbie. <laughs> play a song. Listen, play it at the Barbie. We loved touring over there. We were over there for uh, with the Bootleg Beach Boys. We'll be going there for a while, I'd say. No, there won't be anybody getting, in, get anybody getting well. in there. It's all got a bit pear-shaped yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. So I believe, yeah. Yeah, and they were the, the poster boys at the start of all this, and now there's a big problem, of course. Yeah, well, I think New Zealand was the one who kept the clean whistle, wasn't it? But yeah, but sure. Like and they're not going to let tourism in for the rest of their lives, so they have to do something at some stage. I mean, yeah. look. I think normality has to resume somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. Crowded House cleaned up because they're a New Zealand band, and they were yeah. in there, so they were just touring they did a everywhere tour. Their album came out at just the right time because they got the green light to tour again. So nobody else was touring. So Australia, New Zealand, that was it. So Nick Seymour, like to listen, if you're out there, well done. Would you like to listen to Crowded House or maybe Crowded House? Their new uh, record is great. Yeah, exactly. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back with more Fear of Folk and maybe a little bit of Beatles squeezed yeah, in before the end, a bit of Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number is 87 188 Where's the text in, by the way? Uh, what was your favourite song or favourite gig that you've ever been to? The lads are absolutely amazing. Love the music that comes in from Ken. Mmm. Hi, Niall. Uh, wonderful and relaxing music. The singers are great. I wish them every success in the future, says Michael oh, wow. in Lockray. All right, I'm joined in the studio by Fearless Folk. Fear of Folk. Fear of Folk. I was going to say of Folk. Fear of Folk. It's, if you want to look it up, by the way, there's an O in the middle. It's not of. Yes, okay? so fear, it's fear of Folk. Apostrophe Just folk. to make life Because we found out... Where, where did that name come from? Typically, like, did I, did I, I think I've asked you this question before, probably. But where did the name come well, from? Well, originally we were Fear of with the O-F, but I think there's an American... <laughs> trio that kind of called themselves that so we, we'd already I think we'd started marketing yeah. the record so we just said oh, look you know what we'll do I think it was actually Eleanor's idea drop the F and put in the apostrophe but that's, that's just more. it's quite and then it's a little bit then. Irish fear oh fuck oh, yeah. Tori Tori Tori. Yeah, it, it, there is a bit of diddly idle to it because <laughs> but there's oh, nothing diddly idle about the music no, the no, no there isn't <laughs> no somebody says uh, was that the one that Brian May played on top of the castle called Party of the Palace that would have been around the same time that you did that, actually. 2004. Probably, actually, it was the yeah. Coronet, the, the anniversary something? of the coronation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a big gig? They did a yeah. big official public gig as well, didn't That's they? right, McCartney was on it and he had the Hofner bass that was like the British flag. That was about the last time you could actually oh, sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is an ethical question at the moment, right, yeah. around McCartney mm. and whether he should just stop now. 
Uh, or I mean, I said to somebody a while ago, if he went, if he played in the three arena tomorrow, I'd go and see him, even yeah, though yeah. I know he can't sing, because I'm going for the music and for the yeah. songs and for the memories and the nostalgia. It yeah. doesn't matter that he can't. Well, here's what I'd love to see him do. If I was his manager, I'd say stop the arena gigs and do four nights in Vicker Street, intimate acoustic gigs, which are banned all playing acoustically. And do your yesterdays and the songs that were are within his range that he still has. In can fact. he still do those? Oh, he no. can. Yeah, it's when he's starting to do Helter Skelter and he's screaming. That's that's what's doing the damage. Yeah, because he refuses to change the keys. He's doing them all in the original keys, which is madness. Yeah, you know, two years but, from now, yeah, I won't but, be singing them in that key. Yeah, but 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 is he not right to do that? Because there's nothing worse than going to a gig yeah. when an artist changes the song. Well, Queen used to do that with with, uh, with you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. Used to take it down two keys when they did it live. But um, you know who's the worst for doing it? I, I watched a video there recently with Mark Knopfler. Uh, oh yeah, and he's he did, always at it. Yeah, and and so he did. You know the the swing. It doesn't even sound like the same song. His songs are low no. anyway. They're very low in key, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, but it just does. It. He's he changes it. He yeah. seems. I mean, it's like Dylan. Dylan changes them. Has been doing the last twenty years. Uh, and that's not what I pay to see. And I, I, I know that his sounds gigs really are terrible. Nasty. I love I mean, him, but his gigs are always a bit disappointing. Bob Dylan. He never does what you want. He'll never sing a song you want. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's called creativity. Isn't it? Oh yeah. So what was that? Was in the last? Uh, was it James Taylor? People start walking out over here. Do you remember that? Oh one? no, that was Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens was doing an entire new album. And yeah, what then, was that about? Well, he, apparently, I heard this from somebody who was at the gig. It was a three-hour show, but an hour and a half in, he was doing a full hour and a half of a brand new record, which is brave of, of, an, of an artist. Stuff, was that. Kind of well, no, just new, brand new stuff that people wouldn't have heard because the record hadn't come out yet. So he mm. was promoting this new record. And what happened is he took an interval and loads of people went to the box office and looking for their money back. Because saying, he hasn't done any of the hits. Do Moonshadow. Like, there there must be gone. only a half an yeah, hour left father and this. son, like, for God's well, sake. What he didn't realise, he yeah. had to come out on stage apparently and say, whoa, hang on, lads. There's another hour and a half of this show. It's That's a three-hour show. For a punter, and then though. I'm going to do all the hits at the end. And he did the last hour, all the classic... Na, 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 yeah, yeah. Na, 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 all that stuff. But a lot of people have gone he's home at that stage. His voice hasn't changed. No, no, he is, and, and he's, a, he's amazing. Gilbert Sullivan and him. I saw Gilbert with my daughter a couple of years ago, and I swear to God, you might as well be in 1972. His voice is pristine. Gilbert Sullivan. Yeah, I, I never aged this voice. It's I, incredible. I actually, I love his writing. Yeah, I love he's his an songs. amazing songwriter. Yeah, naturally, is a, the chord changes are ridiculous. You know, yeah, and uh, Howard Jones is a great artist. Yeah. As well. Jeff Fantastic. Lynn's voice hasn't changed. Still, he's still great, isn't he? Jeff his Lynn. voice is still really, really. What's going on there? He sounds the same yeah. now. Mm. That Wembley gig, which is now available yeah. on DVD, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he sounds the same. Yeah. I've seen them twice in the last seven or eight years. And there's no auto tune. Right? They're alive. Like he is bang on the money. And an unusual man. I believe that he doesn't really interact with the band. Not really, no. Uh, he arrives like he's five minutes, kind of guy. five minutes before the gig, ten minutes really? before the gig, and leaves straight after the gig. Yeah, he's a very solitary type. I mean, the person. keyboard player, I think, I think, kind of one of the. I think there's three of the original band in that lineup, and mm-hmm. the keyboard player does the Mister Blues. Yeah, he doesn't play much with them now. He didn't play in the Wembley one. Did I don't he not? Think. No. no. I, he doesn't. He plays with them now and again, yeah. obviously, because he's be quite old. Sixties now as well. Oh, I think he's a bit older than that. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeff Lynne's in his late sixties. Jeff Lynne, but uh, you made a fool of me when he starts that. Like his voice is like it's perfect, and, but unbelievable. When he sang Wild West Hero, yeah. I thought, how is he reaching those notes yeah. in the sixties? Because he looked hard. See, famously, ELO didn't turn off a lot. I think my sister saw them in nineteen eighty-two. With the, uh, what they, was that big album Discovery that's that right when well, they, they had the big spaceship yeah yeah, and that was the set yeah you're probably at that gig then yeah. my sister was like, <laughs> big fucking spaceship big spaceship that's amazing. right yeah. yeah and the spaceship and came last. down and what happened at the start of the gig was it was in the round yeah and the spaceship would lift up 
Yeah, and like the band big, were inside it. And the band were inside it's it. Very spinal that, tap. Stage, it's right? Very spinal tap. Which would have been amazing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, strings enough. Did anybody combust on stage? Well, at that stage, you would have had. But he had. You know, there's another version of Yellow the Tour. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is Violinsky. Oh really? Which I don't understand the logic behind it. So he's the violin player. Yeah. So he goes around calling himself Violinsky and ELO oh, wow. or something like that. Or, or So that's why it's Jeff Lindsay ELO. It has to be called oh, Jeff yeah. Lindsay ELO because seemingly he doesn't reasons. own the name. That's right. And I was sat, this is funny, I was at the Ringo gig when Ringo played here a couple of years ago. Oh, geez, a couple of years ago, 2003 maybe, when he came with the all-star band, Peter Frampton and the band. I was, uh, I got, I blagged some tickets for that. And uh, I was sat up in the VIP section next to BP Fallon on one side of me and uh, Roy Wood from the original ELO. Oh, okay, so yeah, who would have been, yeah, yeah, people would remember more so for this Christmas yeah. song. And everyone thought he was Ozzy Osbourne because he had the roundy <laughs> orange, or, you know, the purple yeah, yeah. glasses, and everyone's going. Has anyone ever seen? Ozzy? Has anyone ever seen Jeff Lynne's eyes? By the way, because I think he he's wore like those sunglasses for years. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, look, you got to do a Beatles sound for me. Yes, I am going to do an old staple, an old classic that I haven't done probably since. The so blame me if it all goes wrong. Is that what you're trying to say? Don't blame me if I can't hit the high notes. <laughs> are you going to join in or do I lower you down? No, I'm, you can lower me down for this one, I think. Yesterday All my troubles seem so far away Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh, yesterday came suddenly Why she had to go I don't know she wouldn't say I said Something wrong now I long for yesterday Yesterday Love was such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Why? Love was such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday mm-hmm. You can clap this time, Amber. You can clap this time. Even Eleanor was like, she was like a groupie over there yeah, for, for, for the two minutes. I mean, you love totally. hearing him sing those oh, Beatles songs. And that's in G, which like is two keys higher than McCartney's. One. Like, I'm like, leave it on. By the way, uh, <laughs> leave um, the costume on. Says, ah, Fran, <laughs> it's great to hear you again from your old pal D and Katie. 
Ah, oh, no way. Yeah, I don't know who they are, but I'm oh, sure okay. you do. <laughs> I do, of course, yeah, yeah. One of the best gigs I ever heard oh. since somebody else was Metallica at Slane. It was my first proper gig in years, but my first, my favourite band. When you watch it on YouTube, the crowd is singing Whiskey in the Jar louder than the band. Oh. The only downside, it was Slane. Uh, the walk back to the car was hell and a nightmare to get out of. Slane is a disastrous gig oh. for access. Mm. I was never, Elle, you were at it. Right? I was. I am. Um, my Three dad drove, I was there, was 13. Um, my dad drove myself and my pal to see Pearl Jam. It was the year Neil Young played. Do you remember oh, okay. that year? Yeah. We had six cans of Pepsi going in. We were really like quite innocent, you know. They took them off us going in. Uh, six yeah. Was it Pepsi though? Yeah. Was it Pepsi? Yeah, it he was being really guilty. Six cans of but Pepsi. We loved the saw doctors. They were throwing bales of hay at everybody. And I remember, <laughs> remember four non blondes in acid. Yeah, yeah. They were there. She jumped out, did a, a jump onto the crowd, a mosh, and uh, they took her top off. It was horrible. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, went to see uh, the Rolling Stones Queen. Yeah. And sadly, the biggest mistake in my life, I went to see Madonna. Which was oh, the worst gig I've ever played. I've seen played. it live. Wow. I've seen it on YouTube. It's yeah, it was the w- disastrous gig. Firstly, there was no well Iggy Pop. Ah, was yeah, the, and, okay, so, so we were there from three o'clock. Yeah, Iggy Pop eventually came on about five or six o'clock. He lasted one song, and he threw the microphone at somebody in the audience because they called him a name. And then they pulled his sound, and he kept singing on, and you could hear the kind of strings. Yeah, and he was shouting because he'd no mic because they took the mic off him. And oh they, some security came out and pulled him off the stage. He's then, not a good actress for a Madonna show. No, 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 he was shite anyway, right? Yeah. And, and then <laughs> there was another three hour wait because it started raining. Madge was supposed to come on the stage at eight o'clock, whatever, let's say. Yeah, yeah. She didn't come on at half nine, ten. Wow. Because she wouldn't come out in the rain. So oh, eventually oh, yeah, the rain, the rain stopped. That year. Remember that? She was yeah. gone. She had people out with towels. So eventually the rain stopped and it was a little bit drizzly. Mm-hmm. So for the whole gig, she'd bounce her walking beside her with an umbrella over her head. Oh my god! And I, as I went, what a prima donna! What a total clown! Yeah, my god. I mean, imagine paying to see this. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a clip of her being uh, she's backstage around 1985, 86. I think it was the um, what's the you know the the big concert with everyone. Who's that girl? Yeah, or yeah I don't know which one it was, but Bette Midler was backstage as well. Um, it was it was Live Aid in, in America. That's what it was, and she, you know I think she's a queen. She's incredible. She's a great performer. Mm. You know, and she was standing to be introduced to her, and she just kind of walked past. It's. She was kind of like that from day one, you know. Yeah, I think she's like, always had a bit of airs and graces about her. Yeah, yeah. like you don't do that. Oh, that would have been early Miller. doors, like she's for her career, like early, big time. early in her career. And she would have been, you know, she was, she was big yeah, at the yeah. time. And okay, well, we've got about four minutes left. Uh, so do you want to do a fear of folk song before you go? Do you want? Do you fancy have we got doing one more? That? Yes, we have yeah. the uh, okay. We have the single that's out at the moment. We could give that a lash. Would you like sure. to try that? What capo was that now? That's a good question. What capo was he going to do on this? Will I do a random Oh it's uh, five or down I okay. do a five I don't you might as well, we'll see. Whatever that means <laughs> Okay this one's called Surrender Dorothy Influenced by, by uh, Leonard Cohen I want you I need you I wanna hold and feel you So gentle Be mine tonight Your voice is so soothing With words my heart you're moving So close now Be mine tonight Your arms so tight around me your lips on mine nobody can inspire me the way 
So nothing else. I think I said this before, right? And don't take this as an insult. Yeah, yeah. That it's short, because I think when yeah. you have a song that's that beautiful and it's short, it leaves you wanting more. Yeah, I think that's kind of the ethos. Because, mm. like we were thinking and we were talking about when we were making the CP to specifically because another way in the eighties and nineties songs became four minute opuses, three minute mm. opuses, pop rock things. We were harking back to the fifties where things were on vinyl and it made it made you want to play it again. Yeah, and that was the idea. Apparently, well, behind forty five. The record long, for the shortest song. What is it? It's uh, congratulations. No, it's, no, no. Um, it's no. not unusual. Is Tom it? Jones. Is yeah, it's a really short song. It's yeah, like it's, two minutes or something. Yeah, it's one of the shortest songs ever recorded. And, and, mm. and that was my first gig. I was a backing singer for a Tom Jones show. My uncle Roy Taylor. He was Tom Jones. Oh, sure. We've had Roy on the show. I spoke yeah. to Roy on the show there. Oh, not so long ago. How is he now? He's doing okay, yeah, yeah. for, for M&D. He was okay. fighting for that. He's doing all right. Once yeah. you're back, M&D. Yeah. We, had, we had him in here one night just before the COVID, actually, not long before COVID. Yeah. We had yeah, him in here right. chatting away. Great, great. man. But listen, guys, it's been wonderful having you in. Thank it's you. been relaxing. It's been oh. soothing. And it's been a bit of a change in the show. And it's just yeah. the, the whole idea of actually having somebody in the studio again. Yeah, yeah. Apart from, obviously, Ashley and Ruth, who I've had in here for the last A time sense before. of normality. It's, it's not the sense that I'm sick of looking at them or anything like that. But, you know, just somebody different <laughs> to look at just for a change. It's been lovely having you. And Can I just say, before we go, a, a big, huge thank you to you. Because for people like you who have been supporting bands, not just now and during COVID times, but going back through the years with the various bands I've had in here and other people and loads of other artists, who don't really properly get to thank you for what you do for yeah. music. Oh, you're very good, actually. Thanks, don't thank me. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.